0: Welcome back to Merlissen, a bi-weekly podcast about BBC's Merlin. We talk about the show, the fandom, we do episode reviews, character analysis, all kinds of fun stuff. My name is Momotastic.
1: And I'm a Snowfox.
0: And today will be an episode review. We are going to talk about the eighth episode of the first season, which is the beginning of The End. Or as most of the fandom likes to subtitle it, Kill the Druid Boy! (laughs)
1: <laughs> Mordred must die <laughs>
0: uh, The poor baby though All right, We have talked about Mordred at length in the past So we shall not do it today You can go listen to our Mordred character analysis If you want to know more about that
2: Let's hear some news There's a new Discord chat for all fans of Top Arthur and Bottom Merlin together if you're a Mertha fan who exclusively prefers this dynamic, check out The King's Chambers on Discord. Their Tumblr will post weekly regs as well, for which you can nominate and vote on figs in a channel. Be advised that this server holds explicit content. The Life journal group Merlin Forever started a new rewatch. Rather than go through the entire show start to finish, this time they're watching the top 10 episodes voted by members of the community. Claiming for Merlin Canon Fest is open as of June the 30th. As of recording this on July the 8th, there are still plenty of episodes left to be claimed. If you want to create a fanwork inspired by or based on a particular Merlin episode, this fest is your opportunity to do just that. Camelot Remix posted the master list and also revealed who created what. It's worth checking out on Life Journal. Last but not least, Cornelot has asked all attending guests, that means those who have a ticket or are definitely going to buy one, to let them know whether or not the organizers should plan to have space available for a bring and sell section. If any attending guests would like to bring self-made Merlin merchandise or intend to sell merchandise that they no longer want or need, they should let the organizers know. Find the post on their Tumblr or check the link on Merlison's website. And that has been it for news
0: all right and of course we like to give you a little summary of what the episode is actually about before we go and talk about it and this summary as per usual comes from the merlin wikipedia when the druid and his boy apprentice are caught in camelot morgan and merlin hide the boy named mordred from uther's guards but the druid is executed Uther declares that anyone harboring the boy will be dealt with severely and executed. They must try and smuggle the boy from Camelot without being caught. However, the great dragon tells Merlin he should not help the boy, warning that the boy is destined to kill Arthur. I find it a bit disappointing that they like give away who the boy is right at the beginning of the summary. Like, Mordred's name is not revealed until the very end of the episode so that you actually feel for the kid. Until the end, and only at the end you're like, "Oh shit yeah that is that is
2: true <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> took away a bit of the of the plot twist here, Wikipedia,
2: oh God, all
0: right, so this episode first aired on the eighth of November two thousand eight. There are two female characters with lines who are Morgana and Gwen, and six male characters. Who are Arthur Merlin, Guys, Uther, who show up in basically every episode, especially in the first season? And two of the supporting cast: First, Izeldir, who is the druid that gets executed, and Mordred. The enemy or monster of the week is. Well, we don't really have one unless you count Merlin's self-doubts. Probably. Deep. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> i know existentially we're all really alone <laughs> listen i'm in a philosophical mood today Apparently, oh God. yeah
1: that's quite actually i i find that really interesting you've just said that because i never really realized that before about and it's so unusual for a season one episode but i actually think when they do episodes like this they're they are quite a bit stronger then like that's why the sorcerer's shadow is one of my favourites because it's as far as I'm aware it doesn't really have a villain it's just like it deals with the issues between the characters and I really love those ones so.
0: So yeah nobody, well not nobody is killed because Iseldir is executed but like for the count of like for the purpose of this statistics neither Arthur nor Merlin nor Morgana or Gwen or, like. You know, anyone who isn't Uther who just executes people left right and center all the time anyway um, is killed in this episode Well, we do have a new ethnic group in this episode who are the Druids and again I did a little bit of um, Wikipedia reading which in my world sometimes counts as research and here's what I found out about Druids they were a high-ranking professional class in ancient Celtic cultures. They used to be legal authorities, adjudicators, law keepers, medical professionals and political advisors. Today, however, they are best remembered as uh, religious leaders. They were prevented by law from recording their history and knowledge in written form so they only could tell each other stories about it. And the first written account by Other cultures about the druids because like I said the druids weren't allowed to do it themselves is from 50 years before Christ they were suppressed by the Romans and the word druid wasn't coined until like 750 CE in a poem about Jesus and I'm not entirely clear on the roots of the word druid but from what I understand from the wiki article it can either be traced back to words meaning oak nor Or seer, which, not to be, like, derogatory, but it sounds a lot like prophetic tree-hugger to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hmm. Anyway, in the Christianized Ireland, they were portrayed as sorcerers who prevent the return of Christ. So, obviously, the ultimate evil. Hmm. And neo-Druidism formed in the 18th and 19th century. And in folklore, druids are often counselors to kings and lords. Give me all the druid prince type Merlin AUs where he then and Arthur marry to make an alliance between the druids and Camelot.
1: So we usually start with uh, stuff that we didn't. Like so that we have a nice positive end to the episode.
0: Uh do you wanna
1: start us off?
0: Well the thing is the only thing I really dislike about the episode is like like comes back to the tagline I said earlier where like half the fandom myself included back in the day, uh keeps shouting like kill the druid boy as soon as they realize it's Mordred and Mordred, you know, is obviously a threat to Arthur. <laughs> But yeah, I don't really have much beef with the episode outside of that. I don't, like, I tend to skip it a lot when I do a rewatch, to be honest. But also because I've now seen it, like, at least half a dozen times just for this podcast. Of course, yeah. <laughs> because I watched it I watched it recently for the Mordred episode, and then I watched it again for, for today's review, and I watched it at least twice before that and i'm 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 at the point where i'm just like listen i love you my child but i'm just done watching this episode yeah i don't um surprisingly all
1: the negative things i have in my column are just like little tiny anecdotal things and nothing much to do with the overall structure or anything to do with the storytelling my one gripe which I've mentioned already a couple of times but might as well just repeat myself I just think that for Morgana's arc I would have preferred this to come earlier I just feel like um, having her have the psychic connection with Mordred would have made more sense to me to come before you reveal that she has actual powers because i think that it's a little more ambiguous to say oh you have a connection with a druid who doesn't necessarily like have to be magical like we've seen like we haven't seen like we've seen mordred do magic but when we go to the druid camp we don't necessarily see any of them practicing magic all the time so it's a little bit unclear and obviously mordred comes back and arthur doesn't seem to find it's a problem so we don't necessarily know that druid means like practicing sorcerer it's just that obviously uther's very very weary of them because of their kind of history with magic and they can practice it so i think it would have been a bit more ambiguous if morgana had had this connection with him established that and then we could have had gates of avalon come after it uh, after it where we get actual, like, use of the word powers. I think that would have been really, really cool because then carrying on, for, because we have gates of Avalon and then we have this and then we don't do anything else with kind of the psychic thing. Uh, I mean, she doesn't see him until the, the nightmare begins. So I just feel like. Whereas we have her having these visions, like in Mort de Arthur, so I think it would have made a bit more sense to have that come after this episode. But I mean, apart from that, like that's my only major gripe with it. And then all the others are just like really, really tiny things. My and I, I yeah, go for Sorry. it.
0: <laughs> Could I just interject? Uh, because you just mentioned about like we don't know what the druids actually like are in the context of this show and i i think that's that's interesting to talk about because um like you said we don't really know apart from what like uther said and i honestly i forgot what gaius said about because merlin does ask gaius about the druids what he knows about the druids okay let me let me just uh bring up a transcript of that episode okay so what gaius uh says when merlin asks do you know much about the druids gaius says very little. They're very secretive people. Especially now they're being hunted by Uther. And um, then he mentions uh, later, I think, something about the the psychic abilities. Yes, uh, especially in The
1: Young, right? That's what he says. Yeah, like,
0: something. Merlin says, I heard the boy calling out. He was nowhere to be seen, but I could hear him. Like, he was inside my mind. And Gaia said... Yes, I've heard of this ability. The Druids look for children with such gifts to serve as apprentices. While they're searching for this boy, you must be especially blah, blah, blah. Um, Careful with your powers and so on. So Guy's doesn't really give us much information about the, the Druids either, except that they're looking for gifted children. Um, But that still doesn't mean that all the Druids have magic in Camelot, which brings me back to what I just said earlier about real life druids where they were just like um people who practiced medicine um who kept uh, who were like lore keepers who were legal authorities and political advisors and all of this stuff and just like it really makes you think what druids are in the context of this show like we assume as viewers, like, until now, like, until I just said that, I always assumed that druids, of course, were always going to be magic users, but that's not necessarily true, because no one actually said so. Like, that's only what we assume. Do we ever see Alvar practice magic? I don't think we do. Um...
1: I don't think we see... um Like, yeah, we don't... I think only honestly, Mordred... I,
0: I think, honestly, Mordred is the only druid we actually ever see practicing magic. Yeah. And maybe that...
1: Oh, Freya. But, it, yeah, but it, but no, she because doesn't... Freya isn't a druid. She had a... Dru- no, she... Um, yeah, she has a druid, because I think when she's first meets Merlin, he sees a symbol on her arm, and he says, is that a druid symbol? And she nods. Unless, like, we're... Because... When when he first sees her in the cage, he says, oh, it's a druid girl. And guy says, oh, you shouldn't get involved because obviously they're being hunted. Unless, like, it's one of those things where there's some kind of, like, obvious sign, like, because of the clothes they're wearing. I'm not sure if we're meant to believe that the only... Because I don't think the guy that was selling her knew she'd been cursed. I don't think that he was selling her for her beast powers. So I think he had her in the cage because she was a druid girl. But I don't think we see her using magic either.
0: No, Well... Um, that's because Freya herself doesn't have magic. She's just cursed. Yeah, and and I'm just looking at her entry on the Merlin wiki, and um, yes, she uh did live with the druids, and when once it was found out that she does turn into a bastard, um, she's cast out of druid society. Despite the druids' belief to never turn away, there was a need. There you go. That's the druids for you. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's just Mordred, it seems, that actually ends up being magical.
0: We don't have a clear rule on who the druids are, and it never really gets cleared up later on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really at all.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I, oh, like... I love Merlin for that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that happens a lot on this show. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. It's just... um. Yeah, like even when Morgana goes to the druid camp, that doesn't seem to be any, I mean, maybe when we get to beginning of the end, uh, sorry, to the nightmare begins and we kind of sit down and look at those scenes properly and actually hit, cause I obviously don't know the dialogue off by heart, but maybe Aglaine has something to say about the druids that is a bit more revealing. <laughs> but at this point, yeah, we don't really get much, um, much information apart from the fact that Mordred clearly has a connection to Merlin which and we do see him using a tiny bit of instinctive magic with the mirror and everything so we know nothing about the druids is what we've established (laughs) leading on from that uh for more things that we didn't necessarily appreciate again these are just really small more comedic things for me I've done them in chronological order for the good and for the bad so the first one I came across that irked me was during Uther and Arthur's scene where they're talking about Mordred they're wearing matching studded jackets Aww. and I'm just like no <laughs> they look horrible <laughs> they look so cheap they look like I could have made them I don't like Arthur's studded jacket in season one anyway and Uther having a matching navy one just makes it so much worse <laughs> it just stood out to me so bad <laughs> oh yeah i just put what was costume thinking (laughs) um my second nope was during mordred's like like when the guy that brought him into camelot is being executed morgana and merlin are clearly like at the window watching the execution and i've just written down um not that this is like that important to the episode but how does no one see Merlin and Morgana at Morgana's window and why wouldn't they think that was shifty even if they didn't suspect it had anything to do with the search for the druid boy a male servant assumedly alone in the chambers of the ward of the king would have been thrown into the dungeons immediately (laughs)
0: like I just think that this is so No one weird. was looking up. They were all watching the execution, yeah. obviously. I
1: just, I'm like, Merlin, if you're trying to keep a low profile, maybe don't be seen in the window of this room. <laughs> like, really. Also, like, just to point out now, like, if Uther's checked every single room in the castle and he hadn't checked Morgana's. Like, I know he doesn't suspect her of anything at this point, but there are only so many places a child could hide. <laughs> and maybe he should have thought to check it a bit more thoroughly. Like, that's all I'm saying. But, um, yeah, my next one. I think this is after Uther finds out that Morgana was trying to help the boy escape. And he says, I've treated you like my daughter. And I'm just like, oh, show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, show. Like, this is what I'm saying about how I can't really... Like, I have to compartmentalize Uther and Morgana's relationship in season one and two with the one we have going forward, because for me, they're just completely different. Like, no self-respecting individual would say, I've treated you like my daughter when they're trying to keep it a very big secret that she really is your daughter. Nor would you be able to with any kind of straight face and not burst out crying that you can't tell your child that she's yours. I'm just like, no, no. <laughs> and uh, the scene with Merlin and Arthur and Morgana, I just put a nope because I know from behind the scenes that Bradley could not get his line out. Like, and they spent the entire day doing it, and like they just wanted to go home. It was that thing where he was like, "Meet me at midnight, blah blah, bring a hook and something else." And like, he has his whole like, it's only like five lines, but the but the pattern of the words or something, he just couldn't get through it, and he kept like. Like flubbing and it makes me laugh. Um, and then my last one is when Arthur comes to get Mordred from the cells, he said, I've sent word to your people. And I'm just there, like, how? How would you send word to the druids without getting into big trouble with your father? Can we talk about that for a second?
0: <laughs> I know, I'm just like, you've said, sen- how did you send word he, to? He the- thought about it really hard and let the druid treat his mind. <laughs> my god like
1: it's lines like that that just kind of make me go oh god's sake
0: i'm waiting for a saturn to explain this plot plot hole to me
1: ah yeah she is very good at that um sh- yeah she's actually our saving grace because we just come up with a load of plot holes and she's like uh actually <laughs> it's amazing um yeah because yeah i'm just like okay whatever like clearly he did it without anyone finding out and it never getting back to yeah I'm sure um that's all I have for like the stuff that annoyed me like I said I have no real gripes for this episode so um we can probably move on to the good stuff yeah
2: okay Do you want to Go first. sure
0: I actually have two things just little things as well um that I like about this episode um First, like, this is just a showcase of, like, Mordred being, well, maybe sneaky or just knowing how to play on people's emotions. But, like, Merlin asks Mordred, like, when Mordred is still hiding in the court and and talking to Merlin inside his head. uh, Merlin is asking, why are they after you? And Mordred evades the question entirely and just says, they're going to kill me. Like, Mordred does not tell Merlin shit about anything. <laughs> he just plays on Merlin's emotions. It's like they're going to kill me. I'm just a little boy. Why won't you save me? So, um I just I don't know if this was just like um a happy accident for the writers or if this was deliberate characterization for Mordred. But either way I'm happy about it because yeah, I like Mordred it. as much as I love him. Even at this stage, he's already a little bit of a manipulative shit. And that's great. That's really yeah. that's really great. And then the other thing um, in this is, um, you know, everybody's favorite scene. Arthur and a mysterious jangling sound.
1: <laughs> 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 when
0: Merlin is lifting the keys from him, him. And then Arthur's just like, do you hear this? <laughs> it's like a jangling sound. <laughs> and then it drops into the soup and he's like... Now that was a different sound. What was it? Like a splash <laughs> God, Merlin. I don't understand why he had to drop it in the soup though. Like why couldn't he when Arthur was already turned around why couldn't he just grab it out of the air at that moment? Like I I don't I don't understand the logic of dropping the keys in the soup. Like what if after Merlin offered him bread (laughs) because that's what he does next bread? (laughs) what if Arthur had actually sat down exasperated and started eating again like how could you have possibly known that Arthur would be annoyed to the point of walking out (laughs) also now you have to rinse the keys because you dropped them in the soup (laughs) that's just um,
1: Merlin's logic when he's trying to do some kind of heroics
0: drop it
1: into oh soup yeah oh god right. what,
0: are, what are your things
1: <laughs> well i wanted to start as always with the murtha moments of the week so we have obviously the jangling keys it's actually not a very murtha heavy episode at all so we have just one scene with them when they're alone and we have the jangling keys which is hilarious my favorite part of that scene though is when like he's like that jangling sound and then merlin just like shakes his head and then there's a shot of arthur facing like away from the window with the keys behind him and he's just walking forward with a look on his face like he's a
0: like
2: (laughs) That's just
1: so funny my brother always found that the funniest thing was like oh my god roxanne look at his face (laughs) and then he whips back around and it's really funny um They have a scene with Morgana where they're like the OT3 plotting and it's just basically everything that I love because as everybody knows, I have like a huge thing for the scenario, like the AU scenario where Arthur and Morgana have to get married for the good of the kingdom and like Merlin is still there as like the one true love, but like they all love each other and it's just like really wonderful and they're all supportive and yeah so that's my thing and I actually wrote a fic with that dynamic so I just love seeing them all together and I love the fact that like Merlin's really unsure of what to do and it's not until Arthur says if you don't come we'll surely be caught and you can see that he just can't say no to Arthur and it's so beautiful and then the biggest thing which I always forget this is in here and it just makes me weak i can't deal with it when he's talking to gaius about what he should do once he finds out about um mordred's destiny and gaius says depends on how bad each thing is you know and he says one of them is bad the other is unthinkable and it's just like oh this is too much and i think like it's weird, because when that line starts, I guess you expect expecting to say one of them is bad, as in, like, Arthur di- Like, I think you probably imagine the bad to be, like, Arthur's death. Like, that's what you imagine him saying is to be bad. And then the other is, you know, like, whatever, the kid dying. But no, one of them is bad, as in letting a kid die is bad. And then the other is unthinkable. It's just, like, Arthur dying is, like, just no. Which kind of, you know, like, they they set it up you know already in season one even though Merlin was so naive like he there is nothing worse than Arthur's death and he will do anything to prevent it you know it was there all along we just were reeled in by crack
0: <laughs> I just like yes <laughs> I agree but on the other hand I'm like this is still season one like I just as much as I love the murther. And I will always love The murther And I loved it from like first episode on. I just feel like this is too much commitment for this early on in the show. Like I don't... Like now with a little bit more distance and now that I've got like a couple of years in this fandom on my back. And I'm just like, you know, I've, I've read a lot of fanfic and I've indulged in it in a lot. And I just like I've reached a point where I'm like... I love it. But at the same time, I think it's, like, so unrealistic. <laughs> oh, you're completely right. And and
1: like I've said, it's my only biggest issue with the ship. And the, the only thing that can be done kind of by, like, I mean, if you want to kind of help that process along as, like, a fan, the only thing you can do is kind of, like watch the episodes out of order and try and create an order which you think best suits a good progression for their relationship because you're right it's just completely ridiculous and it's just so frustrating because when you're watching it all at once it's like how is it like this straight away it should be way more spread out
0: and it's not and like even with the with the excuse that you know keeping Arthur alive is Merlin's destiny and everything listen the boy learned about this like what a couple of months ago he didn't know anything about this ever before and just because some overgrown basement lizard that happens to breathe fire tells him so like i know merlin is young and naive and gullible but like I don't
1: know. I <laughs> just no. I don't like it either. Like I can appreciate it because it's like an amazing quote, and it's so like yeah, like beautiful for their relationship. But yeah, would I have preferred this kind of stuff to come in seasons two onwards? Of course I would. And I
0: could even I could even believe it for like the end of season one, like season finale. Like that's a, that's the kind of quote you put in a in a finale episode of a season. But like, just it's just randomly thrown in there. <laughs> at this point, like, as as much as the as the quote warms your Martha shipping heart, it's just like it. It just you forget about it. Like you said, you always forget that it's in this episode because it's just that's not the kind of episode where you think about that. You know, where where that's like where that's really fitting. Like because the episode is not actually about Merlin and Arthur and their relationship. I mean, it is, in a way, because, like, not helping Mordred escape when Arthur specifically asks him to or orders him to, you know, like, had Merlin actually not done it, that would have broken trust between them. Of course it would have. But it's not actually, the episode is not actually about their, about their dynamic, about their relationship, like other episodes are. And it's just like, I don't know, I feel it's wasted in that episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that in a way I quite like it that, I mean, I I actually completely forgot about this quote until I sat and rewatched it and it was such a treat to, like, hear it. And I think it's one of those things where when you, you know, because obviously Mordred is such a pivotal part of Arthur and his, and his downfall, I think in a way I can kind of explain away that, the silliness of it you know being so early on by like you know Merlin saved arthur's life a couple of times so far you know he's kind of getting used to it now but this is different this is like a little innocent kid that you would never think to you know hurt anyone and you have the dragon telling you that no this is destined this will happen if he lives the only way to prevent arthur's death is if this boy dies you can't do anything about this it's written so i feel like that quote kind of warrants itself, maybe just because it's like this is actually like you know a big deal. <laughs> like you know he has his own ominous music and everything.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I like I wouldn't expect Baby Merlin to think all of these options through. But like I'm a fan girl who has too much time on her hands apparently, and who is in a philosophical mood today. <laughs> so I keep I just I keep thinking, what if Merlin had let Mordred die what would that mean for the relationship between Merlin and Arthur and what would that have broken between them and what would have like what would the impact have been on their destiny then if Arthur thought that he could not trust Merlin to save an innocent child in Arthur's eyes and also to betray Arthur in this moment because Arthur says if you're not there we're surely going to be caught And Merlin has to know what that would mean also for Arthur to be caught trying to help a druid kid escape. A druid kid that has been searched for for days already, you know? You know, like, imagine what that would have done for their relationship if Merlin had stayed in bed and not gone to help them. Like...
1: Yeah, like with Arthur, yeah, absolutely. Like with Arthur basically feeling like he couldn't trust him anymore, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that might have, bro- like, at that, coming back to how early on in their relationship that is, if Merlin, like, if it's so important to Merlin to keep Arthur alive and, and to, you know, help him become this great king, like, Merlin had to had to make a decision, either keep Arthur's trust or do what the dragon says and, like, put blind faith into him and let the kid die. Which hopefully will save Arthur's life in the long run, but like, Merlin had to look at the, at the short short term goals, like lose Arthur's trust, let an innocent kid die, as of yet innocent kid die, you know, because just because someone might do some bad in the future, doesn't mean you have to go back in time and kill the baby. I think it's a really fascinating moral
1: question to ask like if you have not knowledge of the crimes that someone will one day commit should like do you have a an obligation to prevent them you know i think it's a really really interesting topic they didn't really go into it that much in merlin but i think that you can definitely take that from it philosophical day today
0: <laughs> just because you know for certain that someone is going to do evil things in the future doesn't give you the right to kill them in the present without trying to find another way to prevent that future from happening. Like there has to be... There is another point in this person's life where they made that decision to be on that path of evil destruction rather than the path of goodness. And like for Mordred especially there were so many points in his life where, you, where he could have turned out differently it was literally like a summary of bad circumstances and and unfortunate events and miscommunication that ended in him killing arthur like right up until like hours before he actually did it he was doubting himself and doubting the path he is on and like there were so many chances for Mordred you can't just like pick one point and say well that's when he started being evil for Mordred. And just because he starts being evil later like you have literally any point in time before Mordred actually kills Arthur to stop him from killing Arthur in another way other than killing him. You don't have to kill him as an 80 old kid assuming that's what his age was supposed to be.
1: I think it probably depends whether you believe in like determinism or not. And I think that's what this, sh- like what this storyline is trying to kind of make us think about is do we really think that the, the future is set in stone through a, through a series of circumstances? And I think Merlin, the show, takes the stance that yes, it is, because obviously we see it in the crystal cave where Merlin sees the future and he, actively tries to prevent it and causes it anyway like there is literally no escape and i think that with mordred's storyline it's just one of those things where i mean obviously if the future is mordred will kill arthur then clearly if he's dead that's not the way arthur is going to die maybe if you know there might have been someone else that would come along of course but i feel like if it's you know, if you're Merlin and you're kind of like, morally, I care more about Arthur living than about this kid living, and you know that he's going to do it, I think that it's understandable why you would want him dead. You know, it's like, if you, you know, if you don't have any qualms about that, because obviously, everybody was once a child, and everybody who has done evil things was once a child. And I think it, I mean, you know, not that Mordred... Did evil things he killed one person you know because he was you know kind of manipulated and hurt it's not the same as like you know um evil dictator (laughs) but you know if you could prevent someone from doing horrendous things in the world by you know making sure they never lived to see that day you know it's a really interesting conversation to have but I don't think Merlin kind of took it from because obviously Mordred never is really evil he just makes one stupid mistake which is the tragedy of the whole thing obviously and
0: I mean I can understand why Merlin would choose Arthur over Mordred in this episode with like being told that Mordred like when he has this moral dilemma of killing a kid or maybe in the future letting Arthur die you know even if he doesn't look at like short-term stuff, like, if I don't help this kid, then Arthur will lose trust in me, etc., etc., you know, um, he still has this whole thing where, even though he hasn't known Arthur for that long, like I said, he still has known Arthur for much longer at this point than Mordred. And, like, of course there's, like, like, if you look at this on the scales of, like, knowing Arthur for a long time and knowing his destiny with him versus... A literal child being killed. You know. I'm sure they come up pretty much even. Because just the fact of letting a child die. Would weigh heavily. You know. But on the other hand. He still. He does know Arthur. For much longer. He knows him better. He knows he has a destiny. With Arthur. Or a destiny to protect Arthur. And at this point. I will say that Merlin. Already feels obligated to uphold that destiny even though he has never heard about it before he came to Camelot and even though only literally one person tells him to um, but like it's still there and that's still in his mind because it, he's a gullible easily influenced child at this point and so yeah Ah oh, dear
1: <laughs> I love this topic though I think it's so cool um, alright I'm just gonna whiz through like my my good points um so i'm just so basically the latter half of season one i think is incredibly strong starting with this episode i i do like the gates of avalon but i do think it's still a little bit silly i think that these episodes are now leading into the finale uh on that road are just really really strong and i always forget i mean maybe the moment of truth isn't as gripping like i like it but in terms of like tension and drama it's a bit like, there's not that many stakes, let's be honest. Um, But this one is just fantastic. I mean, the opening to this episode, I just think is so brilliant. Like, that creepy music as Mordred walks into Camelot is just like, oh, you know that this isn't an ordinary kid. <laughs> there's something about him that's definitely a bit, hmm. And the the whole arc with Mordred and how we find out who he is is honestly just one of my favorite kind of reveal moments in the entire show I still get chills every single time I see that final scene between Mordred and Arthur where he asks his name and Mordred smiles and then blinks with that like music and just that look of I'll be seeing you again and it's just like fantastic which I mean we've already spoken about it in the Mordred podcast but you know how much does Mordred know about his destiny to kill Arthur? We don't know, but I definitely feel like in season one, when they were writing it, they directed Asa to play it that way because I, no normal person looks at another human being that way. <laughs> it's just like, um. One of the first scenes that we see Morgana and Gwen in, they're just wearing very, very complimenting colours. She's wearing the yellow dress and Morgana's wearing the bright blue one. And I appreciate that. I think they look really, really good like that. And it's coming off the back of the More Gwen podcast. So I'm still thinking about like matching outfits. Um I love the scene between Arthur and Uther. I've mentioned it in the Uther podcast already, but I love the fact that Arthur is Kind of reasonable. And, you know, we don't really talk much about season one Arthur and his outlook on magic, but he's actually pretty chill about it. Like, he accepts that magic is outlawed and it's evil because that's what his father says. But he's also like, you know, he's not done any magic. He just found himself here and he's a little boy. Maybe we should release him. He's not like so caught up. Like, he doesn't really care. And Uther is, like I said, he's like, we cannot appear weak. And I just really appreciate that scene and how. It's really real, the way that they played it. I love that. Um, then I have uh, the scene between Gaius and Merlin, like I've said, where Merlin's like, do you know anything about the druids? And when Gaius figures out why he's asking, he just jumps up and points the feather at him. And he's just is like, uh, he goes, please tell me that you haven't gotten yourself mixed up into this. <laughs> and Merlin's just like, me? Mixed up in what? And I'm just like... <laughs> why do you bother denying it these days like you've already gotten yourself into so much trouble and I said we give Gaius a lot of flack but by Christ he has a lot on his plate with a teenage boy at his age that he never planned on raising (laughs) he says I'm always careful you know me and Gaius says yes Merlin unfortunately I do <laughs> and I'm just like this how did he live like outlive all of them with the stress that Merlin has put him through <laughs> I don't understand um, the scene in Morgana's chambers when Merlin and Morgana are looking over Mordred and obviously the famous line from Morgana what if magic isn't something you choose what if it chooses you and I've just written oh dear god how did the show creators not realise how much of a flashing metaphor magic was for homosexuality <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, these words have been used by many a gay over many years. <laughs>
0: like, I love it. Um, uh, also, the reason why, in so many modern AUs, instead of having magic mudding, it's just gay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, the scene, the dinner scene between Morgana and Uther. I mean, the long tables just make me laugh in general, because how can you hold a conversation over that length of a table? Secondly, it always makes me laugh how Morgana and Uther seem to be having dinner alone, which just fuels the fire for my theory that they should have gotten married had they not ended up being related. And uh, Because
0: Arthur's not eating with them, and I don't understand why. They're having (laughs) an intimate dinner. (laughs) But apparently also Uther often eats alone. Like because that one time Morgana goes to him while he's having like in the same episode, Morgana goes to him to apologize well, apologize um you know, and Uther is just having dinner by himself. Like are they all just used to having dinner by themselves in in their rooms? Whatever happened to family time? Like
1: Only when Lady Katrina shows up, we see them all eating together. <laughs> like And then in season three, like when, you know, it's revealed who Morgana is and now it's, you know, more normal to see them eating together. But I just wrote down that Katie just looks stunning in this scene. Like we've seen her wear this dress before, but something about the lighting and, ah, oh, she is so stunning in this scene. And I think this is where Arthur walks in and he says, um, the Druid boy, uh, Like like he 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 alludes to the fact that like the druid boy isn't anywhere and like he and Uther just cuts him off and says, You mean you fail to find him? And I'm just like, salty (laughs) like that's just mean. (laughs) Give him a break. Um They uh I again I completely forgot about any of this in this episode until I rewatched it. But Merlin attempting to treat Mordred's wound, um, which I think is so cool because obviously that's you know he ends up being a bit of an expert in that like by the end of season five it's like one of the only story threads that kind of we we like see carried on the whole way and this is the first time that we see him do it and Morgana's like do you know what you're doing and he's like oh I've seen guys do it a bunch of times and you know it's just like really really cool obviously he fails and guys has to come and help him but you know that's fine Um, obviously. You know, season one is going to be armor watch, which is like the favorite thing for me to do. And they have a scene in this episode, uh, kind of well, they have a comedic one. You know, they have the moment where Arthur sees her when she turns around, and oh, the look on his face! I just love it. Bradley plays that so well, but. Where she's like, oh, Arthur, to what do I have any pleasure? And he's just like, don't get excited. It's not a social visit. <laughs> and i was just like, their dynamic just cracks me up every single time.
0: And how she knows exactly how to bait him so he won't look behind the curtain. Oh, it's just so wonderful. Like she knows exactly that if she tells him that and just goads him, he definitely will storm out. Probably that's where Marden learned about, like, learned than the thing with the keys. Like... He has learned how to goad Arthur into leaving the room for Morgana. Let's be real.
1: So Merlin going to Gaius to find out how to treat a wound and Gaius not really realizing why he's really there is hilarious. And Gaius being so excited about Merlin wanting to learn and him getting that book out and going, we'll start with some basic anatomy and just like shoving the book in front of him. And then him being late for Morgana's, um, like, thing. And then she's like, what took you so long? And he's like, sorry, once Guy starts talking about anatomy, there's no stopping him. <laughs> it just, there are just pictures in my head I don't need, but, you know. Which
0: brings us back to old people's sex. That's not good. And the guy is Merlin Shippers.
1: Um, No. <laughs> uh, The scene between... Merlin and the Dragon cracks me up because obviously we have the first, you know, thing. You know, they're talking about the word Emrys and everything, and how he's like, "I'm pretty sure my name's Merlin." It always has been. And his uh, answer to this, like, I can't even say it with a straight face, going, "You have many names," and it's just like Merlin going, "Oh, okay." Like he's just, he's just so used to him talking shit by now. He's like, "You have many names." He's like, "Do I?" But yeah,
0: this is also the first time we ever hear the name Emrys, and like. That Merlin has another name that the druids like to call him, that maybe this name has some deeper meaning or something, or you know, that's the first time we ever hear this name in this episode.
1: Yeah, and it's just like you have many names, I love it. Um, so then I there's a little moment I love when Merlin knocks on the door and they go, Uh, who is it? and he goes, It's Merlin, but. Colin's accent comes through and he says it with a, with like a hard R. So he's like, it's Merlin. And I'm just like, oh, that m- cracks me up every time I hear it. And I always feel so sorry for Colin having to act opposite Katie because it must be so difficult to hold his accent. <laughs> it's just like... um, Then the Merlin and Gaius scene where Gaius is walking out and Merlin's sitting on the steps of his room, which I love scenes where he sits there because it's just such a like nice like visual and he looks so young. And how he just always like, We're hiding the druid boy in Wakanda's chambers. And Gaius just stops dead. And when he turns around, you can just see the calm fury of his face. How he's just trying to stay so calm. (laughs) And then Merlin's um, reaction to him, like, basically, you know roasting him is are you saying it's wrong to harbour a young magician which I always just get really weirded out in season one when they use the word wizard or magician because they never use them again also I'm pretty sure a magician is someone that does tricks not someone that has actual magic so I'm just really confused by their use of that word and I wonder if it was like like if that was a mistake on Colin's part or if that was in the script because that's just so hilarious um did uh morgana apologizing to gwen for dragging her into the druid boy mess is so sweet because obviously you know she probably didn't want to get involved in it and i just love that morgana is so thoughtful of her and uh detective gwen is back because she's like there's something weird about him i don't trust him blah 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 blah. and it's just like i really love detective gwen okay
0: (laughs) i was going to complain earlier that um Gwen was not involved in the plan to break Mordred free. But now in that context that, you know, Morgana apologized to Gwen, you know, that would be, other than Gwen isn't actually needed for the rescue plan, but like, it's also maybe a conscious decision on Morgana's part not to involve Gwen because she has already involved Gwen beyond what she wanted her to be involved in in the first place. And also because Gwen said she doesn't trust Mordred and so... Maybe there is like a little seed of mistrust on Morgana's part where she's like, well, Gwen doesn't trust Mordred, so I can't be 100% certain that I can trust her with freeing Mordred, you know? Even though Gwen, just like Morgana, doesn't want the boy to die because he's a kid. But at the same time, to Gwen, Morgana is much more important than this stranger druid boy child that she doesn't know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, but also, in in all fairness, Merlin wasn't meant to be a part of the plan either. He just walked in on them talking, and then they realised, oh, we can use you. He's <laughs> like, oh, I didn't really want to be involved, <laughs> but they don't really care. Um, I've also I I only realised on this rewatch that when Morgana's uh getting rid of Mordred, she's actually wearing Gwen's clothes, and I just re- yeah, she's wearing Gwen's um uh dress with the red overcoat. Uh, but you can barely see it because of the big red cape. Uh, but yeah, well, like there's a tiny bit. We- and I just think that's really cool.
0: Big red cape that she wore so she wouldn't get noticed in the dark. It's just... Listen, Morgana, there is a time and a place for fashion choices, for bold fashion choices, and trying to smuggle a, uh, a wanted child out of Camelot is not it.
1: Oh, God.
0: I love her to death, but like Morgana, please make smarter decisions.
1: Oh, God. Um, also this, what I love about this episode, obviously we always talk about the decline of Uther and Morgana's relationship. And even though we've said they've been at odds, kind of bickering with each other throughout season one, they, they seem to get on really well. And I think, cause I always wonder where the titles come from in a sense. And obviously the beginning of the end is, you know, referring to Mordred because he'll end up killing Arthur. But I actually would argue that the beginning of the end is for Uther and Morgana's relationship, because this is the beginning of the end for them. That is just now a downward slope that will take us right into the end of season two. And you can really see the cracks in this one and how they just like go beyond repair, obviously ending with that gorgeous shot of Morgana with that face of thunder where he threatens her that if, if he finds out she had anything to do with it.
0: To be fair, I mean, the groundwork was laid by at least um, Mark of Nimue when, you know, when Uther was about to have Gwen executed. But like, that was like groundwork in the past. But I agree that this episode, the beginning of the end, really is the beginning of the the severe deterioration of their relationship.
1: And then the only other thing I have is obviously, again, Armour Watch, if you won't do it for the boy then do it for me and Arthur's face obviously he's not looking at her but we see his face because the camera's pointing at him he's just like oh, I can't say no to her and I'm just like I just really feel sorry for them they couldn't bite the bullet and just have them be a ship like ah uh, I know that you wanted to push for Arwen but these guys were so well developed
0: <laughs> like why didn't you do it, like you had it right there. It's not like you know, Arthur and Morgana didn't happen in the legends either. Like, could have, could have done it. Yeah,
1: well, apparently they don't like well-written ships. So what can I say? But I just, ah, oh, they just had so many amazing. I mean armor watch is going on throughout all of season one guys you know when we get to season two armor watch is going to be very painstaking for me because i'm like they have no scenes together and then season three there is no more armor watch because apparently incest is unacceptable so
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you ask where your reputation as an incest chipper comes from it's from comments like this
1: yeah, but listen, I didn't write the show, <laughs>
0: um, but that was, yeah, I mean, again,
1: I just think that the latter half of season one is so strong, so, like, tense, and um, I'm really, really looking forward to kind of comparing these season one episodes to what's coming up, because obviously, I mean, I'm not going to lie, you guys, like, you know, I, I'm i a Mirtha shipper, I'm a Mirtha vidder, so if I'm I don't usually sit, like take time out of my day to sit down and watch an episode of Merlin, which sounds really bad. Like, but I think most people would agree that they don't just sit and watch the shows that they're in the fandoms of. They just know them off by heart ish. But sometimes I forget that, that, you know, how different the tone and the, you know, even the way that they shot it and stuff was from later seasons. And it was a lot different. And I do feel like it was quite a lot darker in, in, in like certain aspects, especially when we get into the, latter bits with uh excalibur and to kill the king and stuff it's just really really great and uh yeah i'm really excited to talk about it so
0: (laughs) all right i think that that concludes us for today doesn't it
1: yeah if anyone has anything they want to add though feel free because obviously or
0: just like argue about like we're happy we're happy about all all the comments you want i mean
1: determinism is a is a topic that definitely welcomes
0: <laughs> discussion <laughs> so
1: definitely get involved in that I, I mean I, I'm and I'm saying that as someone that took ph- uh, philosophy for like an elective so if anyone wants to come and have a conversation with us about like you know do you think that Mordred you know might not have killed Arthur had the circumstances been different please come and comment because we'd love to discuss it it's really interesting
0: Next time in two weeks we are going to introduce a new category which we shall not be spoiling right now. You will have to wait until you get there. <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. <laughs> it's gonna be good. I'm excited. So yeah, that has been it for this week's Melissa. Well, we hope you guys had fun to listen to us even though it was just us. And we will see you next time. Yeah. And I have been Momotastic.
1: And I'm the Snow Fox.
0: And we'll see you soon. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.